Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim, na'amaduhu wa nasalli ala rasulihil kareem amma ba'd. We express our praise and gratitude to Allah Ta'ala, and we seek blessings upon the Prophet, peace be upon him. So, we've been looking at ayahs 6 and 7 of Surat al-Baqarah, and let me just draw this on my screen here, and then we'll switch over to the screen. While I am writing this, either in voice or chat box, uh, let me know if you have any questions about anything. Anything at all? Going once, going twice. Alrighty. So, continuing uh, our exploration of IS six and seven. Uh, let's share the screen once again. Uh, let me know if you can see what's on the screen. Excellent. If anyone else wants to be nice enough to turn on their cameras, that would be very charitable to me, but all right. Okay, so so you remember when we were talking about free will and predestination, part of the discussion uh, yesterday was that if we walk through all the possibilities, then free will means in this life you are choosing your actions and... I know, Asim, I do want to start your stupid face. No, I'm kidding. kidding, kidding. <laughs> so, uh, and then Dua is rewriting the future or it is potentially alternating the future. And then you will see that you will get what you have earned or better. The promise from Allah is that you will get what you earned. The understanding is that you'll get what you earn or better. You will not get less than you earned. You will not get worse. And then if we look through the lens of predestination, it means my choosing, my actions are predestined. It also means the fact of me making dua is predestined. And the way dua would rewrite my destiny is also predestined. Which really in, it means that the day of judgment will be a day of receiving revelation however much mercy allah wills to put upon me okay uh who is black rectangle no more Sadia. <laughs> <laughs> okay nice All right All right okay so these are this is one realm of approaching the uh free will versus day of judgment or free will versus predestination another aspect of it is in any given society, they're probably leaning the pendulum of free will or predestination more one way or the other. And I gave the example of how so many people on in the Indian subcontinent believe in kismet, that I'm just destined or I'm destined to suffer or I'm destined to pour a kismet kharabe. And I mean, I, I mean, I remember people who literally live in tremendous wealth and still believe that their kismet, their destiny is bad. Uh, just because of some amount of tumultuousness that they've had in their lives. And so it becomes a responsibility of the scholars, teach, uh, preachers, teachers, and such to bring the collective as well as the individuals back to the center. So if people are overloaded in thinking through predestination, you have to focus on, free, on their ability to choose their actions, the responsibility to choose their actions especially when witnessing 
the suffering of other people. So it might be well and good that I am going through struggle and I might decide, all right, this is what Allah has written for me. Fine, not a good thing, but if I am seeing someone else struggling, I have an obligation to assist them. So the goal is to bring them towards the balance. Coping, we looked at the ayahs from Surat Al-Hadid, Surah 57. And basically around ayah 22 to 23. And the point there was that the struggle you are hit with is pre-written. The loss that you are hit with is pre-written. So that should minimize. Assalamu alaikum, Asiya. How are you doing, Asiya? Assalamu alaikum. And so this, it should decrease my amount of grief. It should also decrease my amount of fear or anxiety that something's just going to be meant to happen, which means the way I should live my life is have some minimal amount of concern about what could happen, like you're doing your maintenance on your car and such, but you don't live in anxiety. Uh, that, all right, I might get into a car accident. My car might drive onto a nail and then burst, whatever the case may be. That you'll deal with struggle when you get to it, as opposed to living in fear. This also relates to how you regard people. I gave the example that, you know, uh, in a different class, that uh, first we were having problems with our furnace. And I brought over Jamal, furnace guy, and he says, yeah, your 30-year-old furnace, you need to probably replace it soon. Okay. Jamal has come back, you know, six months ago. He says, no, nah, you don't need to replace it now. It came six months before that. No, nah, you don't need to replace it. Now he's saying you probably need to replace it. I could be skeptical or suspicious and think maybe he just needs some money and he's making me buy a new furnace, right? But what does that give me except for tension in my head? And then... A couple of weeks ago, the water heater started leaking, so I called Jamal again, and he's telling me on the phone, "Okay, if your water, if your water heater is leaking, you probably need a water heater, a new water heater." But let me take a look. He did. He plugged up some things, but he says, "I still recommend you get a new water heater." Could be the same thing. Maybe when he came to fix the furnace, he damaged the water heater, so I'd, he'd he'd have to come back and get more business, or no, or he's been completely honest the whole time. For my mental well-being. The end result is the same, but this time until then is either I could live in suspicion and anxiety, or I could live in calm. That is a choice that I am making. So same thing. You have to bring people towards uh, the appreciation of some things. Some loss is pre-written. Don't be in worry about it. Awesome. Um, this is maybe going to go into the pre-written conversation a little bit, but wouldn't it help you to know if your, you know, handyman is not being honest as in, yeah, maybe you have to spend the money anyway, but you could find a different handyman so you don't have to continue spending money. Okay. So what approach should I do to, to, uh, to address that? That I'm not sure of. The the that's the, real easy. Okay. Call another handyman and get an estimate from another person. Oh, sure. But, yeah. but I'm saying that that your analysis is particularly backward looking and not forward looking. Uh explain that point. Um, you're saying that that 
it doesn't help me to know, you know, whether he damaged the water heater or not, because I have to spend the, you know, X hundred or X thousand dollars on a new water heater. At that point, yeah, sure. Yeah. At that point. Yeah. But but you also have to, you know, sort of continue to live, right? Mm -hmm. And so wouldn't it then be helpful to know if your handyman is breaking stuff in your house to get more business or not? So at what point should I start getting concerned? I have no idea. So I'd say, let's say there's something else that he specifically fixed that breaks down. And then another thing that he specifically fixed that breaks down. Then if there's this pattern that within a couple of months, I keep having all these breakdowns of things that he specifically fixed, then I might start really wondering what's going on. Right. does that not go against what you just said uh no no not necessarily (laughs) so this then that just reaches a point of just uh, pragmatic as opposed to being suspicious i see okay fair enough yeah that already i mean jamal uh i already have a level of trust in him because in previous visits he said yeah your your furnace is 30 years old and they don't make products like this. And right now, I don't think you need a new furnace. He's already done that a couple of times. Right. You know, yeah. Right. Yeah. But, I don't mean to cast aspersions upon No, no, no. But <laughs> the, the default should still be trust. Or think about like a mechanic. Like, you know, like, do you trust people who, who like cars, who work on cars? You know, I mean, Bossett, what do you think? Do you like, I mean, aren't they like the slimiest slimiest sorry especially me exactly exactly right you know so like if i take my car to get an oil change by bossett i mean should i trust that he actually changed the oil he probably just did the doot, 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 you know and then like the i no longer get the warning light i put old oil back in the car <laughs> exactly you know that's like what i tell my my pharmacist sisters there's actually just one medicine, right? You just put it in different happy colors. And that one medicine is probably literally just salt. You know, give it different flavors. So, so the point again being that the wealth that I'm losing is pre-written. Like the example I gave at the end of the class like yesterday of getting these parking tickets, even though I look to see if there's a sign that says no parking. So that amount of cash that had been sitting in my bank account however long, was never mine in the first place. It was always destined to go to the city of Chicago. So, so coping with grief and fear, but also dealing with boasting. Because the other side of it is every person who has wealth, uh, no matter how hard they worked, there is a certain amount of luck in their story. The most obvious amount of luck is their situation of birth. So before my daughters were born, it was assumed that they would be getting advanced degrees. In contrast to students that I've had, you know, I had one student yesterday, what is it, Thursday? Yeah, yesterday who's the first person in his family to get a high school diploma, you know, 
And that was the big accomplishment in his family. Now he's he's completing med school, you know, mashallah. Uh, and so, so the point is that even your situation of birth, just which family you're born into is a matter beyond your control. And then by extension, imagine you're born and you're born healthy in contrast to other people. But the point is every single person of any amount of, of significant wealth has some amount of luck in their story. Okay. Even if they started from no means, from zero, from poverty, literal poverty, uh, somewhere in there, there's some lucky break. Yeah. And the easiest way to think about it is imagine, okay, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. There's seven of us in this class, well, including Asya, eight of us in this class. Uh, imagine all of us have the exact same resume. All of us apply for the exact same job. One of us gets the job. Uh, and that could literally be because of the moment that the employer happened to look at the stack of resumes, saw mine in the perfect mood, right? And it could be, maybe I got the job, but all of you were even more qualified than I was, but I caught his eye. And so there's a certain amount of, of luck there. So typically more than one lucky break, perhaps, probably, yeah. It's also a question of like, in the employment case, it's also a question of who the employer is. Yeah. Absolutely. What their background is and what be all those things, you know, what background means to them and that kind of stuff too. When I used to do telemarketing type stuff uh, back in my vacuum cleaner days, uh, I noticed when I changed my name on the phone from Omar to Jeff, the responses I got in the Southwest suburbs were probably three, four, five times as much as I did under the name of Omar, you know. So that's also a thing too, absolutely. You know. The practical self part, I said, I gave you the first part of this, and that is that if all you know is you have free will and you are going to be held to account before a law, that's all you need to know. Everything above is to help people when it is beneficial for them. So the benefit of thinking about life from a predestination perspective, like on the Day of Judgment, is that really it does come down to how much rahmah Allah gives you. And I gave the example of the two twins, each giving the same amount of money to separate people, yet one person was inspired by them, and then they give more. And so that first twin got more reward from Allah because the, re uh, the reaction to their generosity was bigger. The first, the other person is not losing anything, but the second person got more. That's the rahma of Allah. The rahma of Allah is not limited to justice. Justice is that Allah is going to give you what you earned or better. But the justice is that you're not going to get less than what you earned. But the rahma of Allah might mean he's going to give you more. But it could also be that Asim and Basit did exactly the same things and their whole life with the exact same results in dunya. And yet Allah gives one of them more rahmah on the day of judgment. That is not unjust. Because both guys are definitely getting at least what they earned. Make sense? That's sometimes a, diff a difficult uh, pill to, to, to swallow. That that is not unjust. Awesome. Yeah, I mean, it's a question of whether justice is relative, right? Well, think of justice as you and your relationship with Allah. Like we're saying it's not relative. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. not relative to each other. No. 
Otherwise, we're all doomed. How are we going to compare to the profit piece of the economy? Right. Yeah. Exactly. Right. And and it's well, it's not relative to each other, which means it's not relative to anything. Yeah. It is. It is just justice. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. And the justice is still also founded on mercy because Allah doesn't owe me anything in the first place. Right? That was the point we did all the way at the beginning of the class. You know. Okay, so bare minimum. Is free will. Plus accountability. That's where we basically left off yesterday. But adding more to this. You, uh, the last point I mentioned is that you look at what is concrete. Concrete is the fact that you, as far as you can tell, you have free will. I'm choosing to point my pen at this screen. This reminds me of an old episode of a comedy show. If you remind me, I can tell you later. But, <clears throat> and that was the choice that I made. I made the choice to stop doing so. And so then from there, uh, my perspective of myself is that I have free will. My perspective of you, it doesn't matter if you have free will or, or you're pre-written, it effectively is as though you're pre-written. Bring this back to the aya we're looking at, uh, just to make this point. One of the points I drew our attention to is when you look at ayah 6 and 7, to whom is Allah speaking? Y'all remember from yesterday? When it says you, he's speaking either to the prophet, peace upon him, or someone who is doing da'wah. So as for those who have rejected, it is the same whether you warn them or you don't warn them. Allah speaking to the caller. And Allah saying there's going to be some people, doesn't even matter if you warn them or not. They're not going to believe. And so... From the prophet's perspective, he himself has the obligation to call. He's calling people. But for all that matters, essentially, is they could be pre-written. Because Allah is controlling their hearts. And so the point here is that as you are going through life, me, I, looking at myself, I have free will. I, looking at you, you are basically pre-written. Or free will, it doesn't really make a difference. It's the same thing. You, looking at yourself, you have free will. You, looking at me, all that matters is that I'm pre-written. But it does change one thing significantly. If I see you as pre-written, then I see you as being controlled by Allah, which means I'm not reacting to you. I'm not judging your intentions. I'm reacting to Allah. So I'm walking down a street. Somebody looks really nasty, smells really nasty. And I assume that they're an undergrad student. But the point here is that they are coming to me asking for help. If I'm looking at the person, 
in my head, I might wrongly be writing out their whole story thinking, okay, they just want money for booze and they're going to waste all their money, right? But if I look at them as though Allah is controlling them and Allah put them in front of me, how is that going to change my response? I'm probably going to take them a whole lot more seriously. Make sense? Sadia. Um, I'll ask later. Okay. Well, sounds like a big one. Okay. <clears throat> so this is uh, completing the point of free will. So you looking at yourself versus you looking at me. Fill in the blanks for me. The top one is free will. The bottom one is doesn't make a difference. Yep. So pre-written or free will. Doesn't make a difference. Now, <clears throat> the benefit of looking at it as though you're pre, uh, me looking at you as though you're predestined is that I'm focusing on the law. What's the risk? What's the detriment of me looking at you as predestined? then you are the only being that's important. Yeah, exactly. Nope. I'm just turning you into a robot. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. And then all of you are here as robots to serve me. Yeah. So that's the detriment. Okay. Any thoughts, questions, reflections about rejection of faith or uh, predestination free will? I do have a question about IS-7. Yes. Um, so this is hard, right? Because it, it, it feels like a, and, and maybe it's because I'm misunderstanding what justice is, but it, but it says Allah has sealed their hearts and their hearing and their sight is covered. They will suffer a tremendous punishment. Yes. As in they have been hamstrung effectively. Redestined even. Yeah, but it's like they've been hamstrung, and because of that, they are going to suffer. Potentially. Because in this place in the Quran, there's no because or therefore, right? We were asking what's the word in between. There are other places in the Quran where you see therefore, they rejected, therefore Allah sealed them off. And you also find because. The easiest way to think about it is there's ayahs that say Allah guides those who will to be guided. And then other ayahs that say Allah guides those whom he wills. So the cold reality is because Allah owns everyone, that fundamentally Allah owes everything about me that his true authority is that he can do whatever he wants with me. And if we take that to its full conclusion, then he has full freedom and authority to send whoever he wants to hell. And that does not contradict his mercy. Make sense? Yeah. Yeah, it's a scary concept, but it's about the brutal nature of like really looking at reality. Yeah. But if you can get to that point where you truly, truly feel, yeah, Allah, you can do whatever you want with me. 
and add, and I'm pleased with whatever you do to me, whatever you do for me, you reach actually a really good state of faith. Jewel says, is it possible to know if we are of those whose hearts are sealed or does one just make dua to guard against that state? Very good. Uh, one way to know if your heart is sealed is how do you react to acts of worship? Is your default to run away from them all? Naturally, all of us are going to be at different states in terms of making prayers and fasts and all those things. But do you have an allergic reaction against them? We're going to be revisiting this point when we get to, if we get to, depending on our speed, IS 17 and 18. So they, and this is speaking about hypocrites and coffers and such, are like the story of you have a man who kindled a fire. And when it lit up around him, so fire here is bringing light. So it's bringing light everywhere. Allah takes away their light and leaves them in darkness. So one test is... Do I like guidance or do I have an allergic reaction against it? If I have an allergic reaction against it, it doesn't mean I'm sealed off, but it could mean that I'm on that path. So we want to like guidance. doesn't mean we're perfect. Awesome. Can you explain this allergic reaction a bit more? Have you ever uh, come across those people who, if you even start talking about belief, they're like, yeah, I don't want to hear anything of it, you know, blah, blah, blah. Yes. Bam. Okay, so then it wouldn't be anyone in this room, right? I would assume not, yeah. unless, you know, people in this room are like just sadistic, sadomasochists. Well, yeah. They're like the most, <laughs> the most painful thing in my life is to hear Muzaffar speak about Islam, so I'm just going to torment myself with more. Yeah. So, in theory, inshallah, it's nobody in this room. Sadia. I guess they wouldn't be in the room in the first place if they had that attitude. Yeah, that's. Uh, I think that's the point Austin's making. Maybe like when I invited them to the class, you're like, forget it. I'm going to go drink my sharab kebab, you know, whatever it is. <laughs> yeah. So for the people who were not guided as a result of because, then what's their ending? So to add more to that, <clears throat> this we will almost definitely not get into in the month because it's so far away, that the default relationship of Allah with everyone is actually guidance. He does not let anyone go astray. Yeah. He misle so literally the more accurate grammar is, وَمَا يُدِلُّ بِهِ uh, he does not let anyone go astray except for the fossics. So your default state is you're being guided. But if you are a fossic, meaning someone who is like a shameless rebel, then he will let you go astray. And then we have attributes of the people who are fossics. Basically, misconduct with Allah, misconduct with people, misconduct with the world. So I just the, think that, yeah. Sorry. Yeah, go ahead. I just think that um, these people who will not be guided, who Allah doesn't will to be guided, um, whether they, I don't know if, uh, so would it be true if 
whether or not they ask for guidance, they won't be guided? No. If you're asking for guidance, Allah will give you guidance. Okay. So we're assuming that they're not asking for guidance, so they won't be guided. Um, And and it could be that they're asking for guidance in their heart yet now with their tongues. Mm. Yeah. This is, this is, uh, uh, I have a student who seemed to be going through this right now. She grew up in some, I don't remember if I talked about her yesterday. She grew up in this miscellaneous small town where everybody was Christian. And so she never even had a thought to even question anything about her Christianity. Comes to the big city, discovers Muslims, and then gets curious about Islam, gets shocked by how close Islam is to Christianity. And now she starts questioning things. And so now she started coming to my office you know, to learn more. I don't think she ever asked to be guided verbally. She may have been seeking guidance without realizing it. Yes. Make sense? Yeah, what I'm trying to get at is is that, you know, these people who will not be guided, um, then probably they are there to, to serve like because there's a God's plan, so they're like you know when you arrange something and then fill it up with like mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. that type of an example that I'm they're, trying to. They're give. they're also part of God's plan, absolutely. Right, so that so the bigger plan can work, can work, whether or not they. Yeah, I mean the easiest, easiest example of that is Shaitan, right? Right. Shaitan is Shaitan. Shaitan made his choices, but he also is fulfilling Allah's plan for all of us. Ifat, are you saying something? Yes, I was going to say exactly this, is that when we think about the example of Shaitan, how do we reconcile that he was guided, but he decided that to go against Allah? So I think that's like a prime example, because his fate is already determined, mm-hmm. right? So how do we comprehend that? Like, are we thinking that he was doomed because Allah doomed him by his will, or because he was given free will, and he decided that on his own, despite being guided, you know? So, so I think yes. the answer is right there. You know, I think the, the idea is that he did have free will mm-hmm. and this is what he decided. And yeah, when exactly. he closed his heart to it, when he closed his heart to it and he, you know, knowing, because what is it to be a Godfair is it's not um, not believing. It's like knowing the truth and denying it. And that's yeah. what he's doing. Right. So it's, it's uh, you know, this is what people sometimes do. And if you think about it, right, like you think about somebody who, um, is holding on to something that doesn't make sense because they either don't care or doing some research and digging into it may not be part of their plans because they're feeding their ego or some kind of appetite that they have of like success or ego or fame or like political influence. I mean, there's all of these different things. And so it's a matter of like believing in something, not knowing like what's going to happen because it's the truth and seeking it. Like mm-hmm. honestly seeking, like when you think of Ibrahim Islam, like he was like the way that he was guided, he had no signs of it, but he was looking for truth and justice, mm-hmm. right? And not about his stance, like his uh, place in the world. Mm-hmm. So I think there's definitely some free will in there. And so, you know, like you, whatever it is, like what Sadia was saying in terms of like each person, like maybe playing a role. And it, I think it's complicated in the sense that like each person has their own judgment, right? And then how they interact with somebody else has nothing to do with them necessarily. It's not Mm -hmm. like it's their fault. It's it's more that they play a role in someone else's life, but 
your response to that has to be to Allah, not to them. Mm -hmm. So they have their own judgment and then they may play like, it's like two different sides of the story that are completely different and unrelated. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, connecting this with our diagram here, actually, I think there's like an echo. Yeah. Uh, From Shaitan's perspective of himself, he made his choices. From our perspective of shaitan, it kind of doesn't matter if he made his choices or if Allah pre-wrote it, he has a specific role in our lives. Or likewise in this class, for me, my perspective, I'm making my choices. And from your perspective of me, I'm playing a role in your life. You know, positive or negative, that's a, in the eye of the beholder, you know, might be negative might be just to ease the pain of fasting by the pain of my voice anyway so so the point is the same thing right uh, a related example when you get talked about people like you know what is a coffer or why would people reject it uh, i had a student who came today to ask about his friend childhood friend um that they would always talk about religion he himself is muslim his childhood friend is not muslim and they would talk about religion, and so he would try to get his friend to read the Quran, and his friend says, I don't want to read the Quran because I might find out that it's truth. Which I think all of us in some way understand, you know, uh, but logically, the point is absurd. And it is often uh, the reasons that people reject faith, some of them might make sense, because maybe I was traumatized by this person. That was actually the student himself. He had to refine his dean. And then some people, uh, the reasoning is absurd. Such was the case with the Quraysh. Most of the reasons were completely absurd for why they rejected the Prophet's message, peace be upon him. Especially because they knew him only speaking the truth. They understood the Quran in their own dialect and all confirmed it was astonishing and he was calling them back to their original religion which was the religion of ismail they all regarded themselves as the descendants of ismail and the bulk of his call was to treat people fairly to be upright and still they said no what was abu jaha's reason for turning down for rejecting the prophet peace be upon him he had no issue with the theology he said, if he is, if we believe in him as a prophet, then Banu Hashim, his family, unlike ours, Banu Umayyah, they're going to take over the Quraysh, and we can't let that happen. And he was so focused on that excuse that he went to war against the prophet, peace be upon him. And that's the strange thing about human nature. But all of us have variations of that, if not related to belief, but it could be related to other microconduct. Any other thoughts, questions, reflections on all this? So let's suppose that some people are predestined to not be guided. What is their destination? Hell. <laughs> but they were predestined. Yeah, and Allah controls all. This is the point we're making up here on the higher part of the screen. If they're predestined, then it comes down to to whom does Allah want to give rahmah to? So mm -hmm. if they're predestined, their actions are going to be the actions of someone who's going to go to hell. Right. 
it's not gonna be like someone who prays five times a day fast everything is good to everybody takes care of their mom blah 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 and that person's gonna go to hell no unless that person deep down inside was worshiping someone other than Allah knowingly do you love horror movies by the way I mean, I like movies. everything like huh I like movies don't I <laughs> this is called edutainment making things like scary Oh, we can make it happy. We can make it like, you know, a Will Ferrell movie, you know. Any other questions, thoughts, reflections about anything at all? Yeah, like imagine, okay, so imagine you have someone who just loves crime and while they're running to 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 rob a bank, then they trip and they land on top of a Quran. You know, I'll like, hey, what's this? I got five minutes before we rob this bank. Oh, wow. Everything I've been doing in my life is wrong. And then they change their lives. And now they're known as Muhammad Ali. No, I mean, so so there's happy things that could happen too. Any other questions, thoughts, reflections? Actually, I had a student who, when I, he was a convert, and, and beware of what I'm about to say. I asked him, so what got you interested in Islam? He goes, pornography. I was like, what? He said, like, every time he, don't even try to imagine him, but every time he would try to go to a site, there'd be those, these pop-up ads. And one time there's this ad with this green book. And then he got curious and he found out that the green book was the Quran. So then he got a copy of the Quran and he started reading it and he became Muslim. <laughs> so, yeah, that's the fun stuff of, of this work is all the different people you come across. Any other questions, thoughts, reflections? Well, still, I don't know if I've come across anybody as goofy as me, but you know. Anyway, we'll stop right here. We do have class, inshallah, tomorrow and for the foreseeable future until Ramadan, until next Thursday. Next Thursday, we have no class. All righty. Subhanakallahumma bihamdika nashadu illa ilaha illa anta nastaghfiruka wa like May Allah tell reward you all. And some of you can go back to your comedy movies and others can go back to their... Uh, you're not going to watch movies in, in, in Ramadan anyway. Wassalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh.